Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me on another episode of Strategy with Jason. Today, I get to talk anything and everything I want to talk about when it comes to Digital Dealer Tampa, because it's literally right around the corner. I have a very awesome guest with me today. I have the one, the only, the oh-so-famous, Mr. Ian Grace. Ian, what's up? How are you doing? Thanks, Jay. I really appreciate you having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on the uh, podcast. Love this stuff. This is going to be fun, man. I, I you know, We yeah. just got, we were talking a little bit before we started recording and, uh, you know, we're not too far away from each other. It's just a hop, skip and mm-hmm. a jump uh, across the small pond uh, to each other. But um, we, uh, we're both looking forward to getting some warm weather. I mean, it was snowing last week, wasn't it? Yeah, it was snowing for yes, you it too. Was, yeah, yeah. It was Friday, yeah, it was. right? Friday it was snowing. Snow was <laughs> snowing and freezing rain. And, you know, we went through about three different weather systems over the course of a half a day. Uh, so it was uh, definitely a classic day in uh, Western New York, Lake Effect, uh, Rochester life. Yep, there you go. See, I'm excited, man. I, I need some sun. I don't know about you. I yeah. need some sun. Oh, I yeah. It's just last yeah. few months of just gray clouds and snow and like I'm I, which I do I don't mind I don't mind the winter I really do like it but I'm looking forward to getting some sun a digital dealer I'm very excited yeah. for you know um yeah, I, I do a, I do all of the conferences or most of them so I typically do that circuit but I will say I like the digital dealer one you know I, I feel like they do a great job of bringing vendors speakers and dealer speakers you know and really kind of balancing that out but making sure that people you know that do sessions are sending the people out of the session with a good roadmap of what they can do at their dealership. And I, I've always sure. admired uh, digital dealer for pushing their speakers, you know, to do that. You have a cool session. I mean, anytime I get to talk about fixed stops, I can be honest with you. I'm pretty excited about, mm-hmm. you know, sure. the department that, that supports, you know, uh, this much of the profit, but gets this much of a marketing uh, budget is always a fun place for me to talk about before we though get yeah. into your session. I, I like to kick these things off a little origin story, usually because I'm always the one fascinated. But Ian, how did you get started in this crazy little world that we call the automotive industry? Yeah, so I um, moved to, I grew up in New York City, um, went to college in uh, western New York in a small town called Geneseo, New York. And I went to SUNY Geneseo up there. It's about 45 minutes south of Rochester. Uh, following graduation, you know, I was a finance major, had an internship on Wall Street, you know, kind of was thinking I would go work on Wall Street, be a, be a, a bond trader. And uh, what ended up happening, I graduated in 2001, which up until that point in time, uh, was the worst job market to be graduating in, um, possible at that time in like 20 years uh, at that point. So I moved actually from New York City up to Rochester to be uh, closer to you know, a, a more, uh, I guess, attainable job market than New York City was at the time. I sold pay- payroll for about six months, Jason, and then for ADP. And then I got into the car business. Nice. And I, I got on with a, a company called Dorsal Automotive Group. Uh, at the time, they had 13 franchises in, in Rochester, New York. And they recently sold to uh, Bob Johnson Auto Group, a very large uh, auto group in, in Western New York as well. But and during my time there, I mean, I learned the business. It was uh, an amazing time. I had I worked with an amazing, uh, you know, owner, uh, you know, dealer principal, general manager, you know, VP of variable and fixed ops. My mentor, you know, Michelle Myers, uh, you know, changed my life, right? So, I mean, over my time there, I did sales and, um, you know, some sales management, F&I, uh, and it really put me on the path that, that, I, that I'm on today and, you know, kind of uh, started, it all started back in, in 2002 and, 
since then, it's been, you know, basically about uh, 20 years, you know, in or around the car business. I spent some time doing indirect lending on the uh, lending side of things, uh, running an indirect lending, uh, you know, kind of program, um, outside sales, and you know, all that mm -hmm. sort of stuff. And then kind of came full circle back to Automotive Mastermind about five years ago. And I've been here since then. And it's, and it's been fantastic. It's one of those one of those businesses, man. Once it kind of gets in your blood, you can't get it out. Um, yeah. You know, it's, I love that. I love that you're like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna go be on Wall Street. Yeah, how about <laughs> automotive? That sounds that sounds yeah, better. Um, well, you know, where it's a real left <laughs> left turn. I mean, as you said before, I, I think you know, no one ever says you know when they're a little kid, hey, dad, I want to be an F and I manager. I'm gonna go be an F and I manager. Know, I want right? I want to be I want to be a sales manager in the car business. You know, they, it's about the last thing on most people's <laughs> list. It's I think we all consider ourselves somewhat misfit toys on the island of misfit toys when we end up in the car business you know 100 percent. i love that analogy i actually like using that analogy on a regular basis because and it's also because it's like one of my favorite movies um mm -hmm. you know with my kids and we watch it every single christmas and it's just sure. yes but that is yeah. that is the automotive industry we we come mm -hmm. in all shapes and sizes and colors and we all bring oh, yeah. we all bring baggage and we all bring talents and we all bring like it's just yes we're 100 percent the island of misfit toys yeah you know, but what i what i love about it and what i think makes it unique and, and and attracts people the way that you're saying you know from all walks of life those that geds you know were barely high school grads to you know guys with MBAs, right? You know, guys and gals with MBAs mm -hmm. is that it's really one of the last, I would call it like one of the last true meritocracies that exists, right? Yeah, there's, true. yes, okay. there's, we all, you know, we've all felt or, or experienced our fair, you know, share of nepotism sometimes with, with uh, siblings or ch children that of oh, the dealer that maybe get into their spot, but more, more times than not, it's really your merit. Like in, in, in you know, when you work in a meritocratic thing, it's very clean. It's very mm -hmm. clear. It's very mm -hmm. black and white. If I sell 25 cars a month, I'm going to make a lot of money, right? Yeah. If I sell 25 cars a month, maybe I don't have to work on Saturday or every Saturday, right? If I'm, if I'm 1600 a copy in F and I, I'm going to make a lot of money. I can build a house. I can, I can make a nice living for, for my wife and child, right? It, but you will move up, you will make money and it's a clean merit meritocratic system. Really and that's, a, that's what I love most about it. Cause it's like, there's no muss or fuss about it. There's no politics. No. It's just, you know, shut up, put up or shut up. You know? no, it, it's 100% results, right? I mean, that's, yep. that's simply what it was. I mean, I, I look at, you know, the reason I was able to move up um, it, within the de first dealership I worked at and the group I worked at and then ultimately being able to even own a dealership was just simply because I just just kept pushing. Hustle. You just it's kept pushing, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, my, my, my best year on the floor was 467 units. Um, and that was, I mean, year. That, that, that was a hustle. That was, yeah. that was a seven day week hustle. I'm not going to lie. I was young. I probably wouldn't do it again. Um, sure. I was, you know, I, I was single. Um, yeah, anyways, that helps. Right. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent does. <laughs> anyways, I digress. Let's get, you know, we could easily turn this into a whole podcast by the way, but we are here <laughs> to talk about digital dealer Tampa and you <laughs> have a very cool session. The, the service drive. The key to unlocking revenue in 2022. Uh, like I said, man, I love this topic. Uh, it's it's a broad, broad brush. So I'm so curious mm -hmm. to find out kind of which direction you're taking in. So let's start this off. Uh, what maybe would be one or two reasons why someone should come to the session? 
I think, you know, uh, in, in full transparency, I mean, what we do at Automotive Mastermind is really harness the power of, of big data, Jason, right? And, and show dealers how utilizing that big data can transform the way that they do business in all facets, facets of their dealership. So, the, you know, one of the main things that, you know, I think I want people to come away from uh, this session with is a full understanding that obviously it's kind of a known thing. It's maybe sort of a no-duh sort of thing that the, 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 you know, service drive is a key source of revenue. But today, with you know now more than ever particularly with the inventory crisis that that we're dealing with the you know the service drive really becomes an even more important um source of revenue right it's it's your avenue to capture you know uh, a, a, a you know incremental revenue through yes. customers that are forced to keep their vehicle longer, right? So what can I do there? I can convert that customer to maybe a service contract that they never would have bought because they're always out, you know, in that new vehicle before their manufacturer warranty, right? So I've got incremental revenue for F and I. I've got service to sales opportunities. I've got service to acquire opportunities there, right? So, you know, the the big thing is is do you have a service to sales process, a service to acquire process in place, number one. Uh, but more importantly, are you applying a data-driven solution to that process? Because we are, we know, you know, through, from, from data that, you know, it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. And we know that, you know, customers that have a negative experience in the service drive are not likely to come back, right? Exactly. So if you're approaching everybody the same way, right, and that peanut butter approach, you're you could you know possibly alienate your customer base and we know like 49 percent of customers jason that would admit themselves to be extremely loyal to a dealer would not do business with that dealer if they had a negative service experience 100%. so that means I, i've got you know basically one strike to give right but i also only have one opportunity to try to speak to that customer and ascertain what need they have and how I could possibly meet it. So I need to really understand what's going on, have a process in place to, to you know, engage that customer and engage them with the right message at that right time, right? So that all comes from, you know, having a process, but having a data-driven, you know, process. So that's, that's the big thing that I, I really want people to, to come out of the session with. And, you know, I love the fact that it's data-driven, you know, um, too much in the service, um, service department or the fix ops opportunities, you know, we, we don't discuss, you know, how we can actually utilize the data to better the experience or even the marketing strategies. You know, it, it, you know, when we take a look up at when, we, when we're analyzing data within the fix ops department, it's typically looking at results. All right. We have this type of, you know, effective labor rate. We are maintaining, you know, these many hours, you know, in CP spend, and this is our warranty penetration. And this is our like, but their results, they're, they're all results, right? We, we don't spend a whole lot of time really kind of discussing the efforts that are required to then get even into a place where we can actually create the results. And so yep. I, I love I love the fact that you guys head that, down that direction. And it's just, you know, I, I the sales, I think in general, I'm just trying to think of the, the hundreds of dealerships I visit on a, on a yearly basis, right? I find the sales department has become more, let's call it data conscious. Um, still definite room for growth. Um, and then when I think about the fixed ops departments that I, I spend time with, I think very few of them, very few of them are data. Yeah, conscious, I mean, and, and, you know? and there's a the thing there, there's, there's, there's often, as you can probably attest to in many stores, right? There's not a lot of this, right? It can often be very siloed. It can also, it, 
it can sometimes be very Hatfield McCoy, right? Service and sales, right? But that's kind of the oh, other yes. piece of this is that if you, if you've got a you know a culture that values a service to sales you know kind of process and and, and way of doing business and that pay plans and the back and the front of the house are aligned, then you've got an opportunity, obviously, to capitalize even more. Because here's the thing, in a, in a simplistic, you know, kind of example, right, of, of the difference between having the right information versus not having the right information. So let's say Jason Harris and Mike Jones are coming into, you know, Grace Toyota today, right? And so Jason Harris is driving a 2019 Toyota Camry, and Mike Jones is driving a 2019 Toyota Camry, right? Jason Harris leased his, and he, so he got it new, and it's a, he's on the backside of that lease. Mm-hmm. And Mike Jones just bought his used six months ago, and he's coming in for his first oil change. Okay? If I don't know that, if I'm not paying attention to that, if I don't have that kind of information to say, these two guys are in very different buying points in their cycle, for sure. and they – their, what their outcomes or their expectations are are very different. The opportunities with which I could approach them is very different. What am I going to do? I'm going to walk up to them. I'm going to treat them both the same way. I'm going to say the same thing to them. And I'm going to blow potentially that opportunity where either I may, I may provide a negative experience because I'm just coming in too sales heavy to Mike Jones who just bought his car, right? Or I may blow an opportunity in not approaching Jason Harris the right way by saying, hey, Jason, have you thought about extending your lease? Have you thought about buying out your lease? If you do buy out your lease, don't buy it out through, you know, uh, TFS. Let us help you here, right? So that at least now I've given F&I the at-bat, right? To get that reserve if they're going to finance that vehicle, to get that service contract swing that they th- those guys want, right? So if I'm not approaching them in the right way because I'm not using data on Mike and Jason to treat Mike and Jason differently, I've either provided a, a negative experience, uh, you know, to Mike Jones and a blown opportunity to Jason Harris. And that's what we want to help dealers avoid is don't have a peanut butter approach. Be very targeted with your message and say different things to different people that apply to them. That's, that's the idea. That's, look, that sounds like a fun session. Um, that's definitely a yeah. session that I want to come come into. If if during the session, if there's maybe one or two things that you really hope someone takes away and goes and actually starts executing at their dealerships, what would those one or two things be? I think, you know, these days it's, it's the, the big thing is that I want people to understand or, or really value the idea of having a, a well, you know, kind of thought out um, and culturally ingrained service to sales process because, you know, particularly now when inventory is where it's at, um, you know, your service lane is your auction lane. Right? Why go to the auction? 100%, 100%. Why spend? Why spend that money? You have to spend more money. This the car is relatively sight unseen, depending if you're doing it online, right? Or even if you're going there, right? You don't know. You know? Do you know the service records on that vehicle? Do you know the owner of that vehicle? Do you know kind of some of that nuance that you do differently when the customer is yours? Right. So, you know, when it comes to a service acquire, the cheapest, most effective way to acquire inventory today is your service lane. Right. So that's, sure. that's number one. Right. And, and number two is, you know, what an opportunity for you to build your market. Right. And, and we know that, you know, no matter what you're doing these days because of the inventory crisis, there's sort of loyalty is leaking out the back door. 100%. And if it's le- and if it, what can I do to either, you know, build a moat around that, you know, that loyalty or, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, possibly, you know, 
uh, acquire and, and and you know offset that leakage because well what do I have also uh, customers coming through my driver customers that bought from Grace Toyota but they're also customers that bought from Harris Toyota mm-hmm. so if I'm going to lose some Grace Toyota customers well why don't I take this opportunity in the service drive to acquire Harris Toyota customers so at least I can keep myself net neutral or not lose exactly. you know as many net customers mm-hmm. so you know the, the, that's the idea is whether you want to you know sell or you want to acquire you got to be approaching this with the right headspace and really, uh, I would say, a well-thought-out plan and, and focus and intensity because the opportunities are immense. Uh, well said. You're, you're 100% right. It, it, there's just so much opportunity there. Um, we just need to put the process in place, start having the conversations, create the strategies, you know, and just start executing. So, no, I love it. Look, this is going to be a great session. Uh, for anybody out there watching, listening right now that would love to connect with you maybe prior to the event, what, what's the best way to connect mm-hmm. with you, Ian? Yeah, you can certainly, you know, email me. My, my email address is uh, I-G-R-A-C-E, so I-Grace at automotivemastermind.com. You can email me um, on LinkedIn, Ian Grace. You'll, you'll find me, uh, obviously, if you see Ian Grace at Automotive Mastermind, uh, you know, either one of those uh, are great ways to contact me, and I certainly encourage people to contact me beforehand if they're interested in learning a little bit more about Automotive Mastermind and what we do, um, or, to, you know, shoot me some questions beforehand, set up a time to meet while we're at Digital Dealer, you know, any or all of the above, uh, I would welcome the opportunity to to engage, uh, you know, your listeners with. Awesome. Hey, Ian, thank you so much for taking the time to jam with me today. This has been a lot of fun. You have yourself an amazing day. Thanks, buddy. I really appreciate your time. Have a great one, Jack.